Welcome back to our sports podcast. Joining me as always is Jason Rubalata. I'm Jackson Haskins. Last week we covered AFC win totals. This week we are jumping to the NFC to discuss their win totals. For me, I felt like a lot of these NFC teams were a little bit harder to predict. I, I felt like AFC, I was more comfortable uh, deciding one way or another on a lot of those teams, but we'll see what we have for the NFC. We're going to start with the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys. They've been pretty underwhelming the last few seasons. The over-under is nine and a half wins this season. They had eight wins last year. What do you think about the Cowboys? Yeah, Cowboys had a super disappointing year last year, I think, going eight and eight, and I think a lot of that was around uh, poor defensive play. You know, they're a favorite in most of their games this year outside of Baltimore and uh, Philadelphia. You know, I I like the Cowboys personally. I think I just saw a stat in ESPN that they're, I think, the fifth they're number five, like in terms of Super Bowl percentages, behind a few. Like, I saw that too. Yeah, behind they were getting clown too all over Twitter. Like, yeah, the Cowboys are always like a top five, pretty good team. They're, they're gonna and do. They just they flop, but yeah, they're gonna do better than the eight and eight. Ceedee Lamb was maybe the pick of the draft. I don't know how he fell that far, but him combined with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are just gonna be a deadly. Mm-hmm. Those three are gonna be deadly at wide receiver. Um, I, I always thought that Blake Jarwin had a ton of talent. And I was kind of disappointed they brought Jason Witten back because Jason Witten was just, I think, there for his Cowboys uh, award that he's had. But I, I like to see Blake Jarwin take a step forward. Um, I love the signing of Greg Zerline as their kicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the best kickers in the league, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think they shored up that defensive line, which was causing a ton of issues by signing Gerald McCoy, uh, Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe from the Panthers. Um, not that they had huge seasons last year, but they're just big guys up front. They're going to help stop that run. Marcus Lawrence is one of the best edges in the league, and I'd like to see if Alden Smith uh, can make that roster and maybe come through for them. Linebackers, I think they have two of the best linebackers in the league, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the HaHa Clinton Dick signing on the back end, the pair with Xavier Woods. Um, I think the Cowboys are an easy over this year. I, too, will go with the over. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dak Prescott. I know he gets a lot of hate. He's won, what, $45 million a year, which I think is crazy, but a lot of people don't think that he's a top 10 quarterback. I just watched his segment. It was um, Colin Coward was saying all the quarterbacks he'd rather have over Dak Prescott, and he was, like, having to think about He was like, I might take Derek Carr or Andy Dalton over Dak Prescott. I'm like, the hate that he gets is ridiculous. That's just saying something to get, like, a reaction from people. Dak Prescott is top five quarterback. I don't know about top five, but he's definitely in my top 10. Um, and, and a lot of people don't think that he's worth the money. I think the Cowboys should be paying him. Um, their O-line is still phenomenal, even though they've been losing a couple pieces here and there over the last few years. Uh, Connor Williams, they took high a couple drafts ago, uh, and he'll be thrown into the starting lineup. Um, I don't know if I like the pick. Of, like, I like C.D. Lamb. I think they had bigger holes to fill other than receiver, uh, but now that receiving core is easily the best in the division. Uh, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Devin Smith, I think, is a guy that, if healthy, will, will be able to make some plays as well. Defensively, you mentioned the two D tackles they signed. Robert Quinn is going to be a big hole to fill. Um, that, that He had some great edge rushing that I think might be missed in this upcoming season. But, yeah, that, that front four, especially that interior defensive line, Gerald McCoy, Don, Don Terry Poe, and then they drafted Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma, a guy that I think could have gone in the first round. They got him in the third. Linebackers, again, are great. 
it's going to be interesting to see how they how they function without Byron Jones at corner because he was their number one guy. Uh, he signed a huge deal with the Dolphins. I do like that they got Trayvon Diggs in the second round. I think he'll fit in well with the Cowboys. I am going to take the over. I think Dak is going to ball out this year um, with all the hate going on. It's his contract year. You know that he's playing under the franchise tag right now, and I think he's going to want to prove to everyone that he's worth the money, and I expect to see Dak signing a big contract after this year. So I'm going with the over. Next up, we got the New York Giants. Over under six and a half wins. They had four wins in 2019, so you're asking them to get three more than they did last year. Um, what do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with the under for the Giants. Not you know I like Daniel Jones. I thought he was a little inconsistent for stretches last year, but a full off season of work as the number one should definitely help those issues. Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs in the league. I think we can agree on that. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of their receiver core. Sterling Shepard, I think, has been consistent for a while, though he does get hurt often. Golden Tate is kind of just that slot receiver that's going to do whatever. And then Darius Slayton was one of their, was their breakout player last year, I think. I don't know if he can repeat the same uh, success he had last year. Evan Ingram just can't really stay on the field for them. He has a ton of talent, and when he can stay healthy, he's, he puts up big numbers, but I, that's a big if uh, when talking about if he can stay healthy. Uh, defensive side of the ball, you know, I, I love the signing of James Bradbury. He's a cover corner. He can really just follow somebody around all game. He didn't get a ton of love when he was on the Panthers, even though he did one of the best jobs covering uh, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, in that tough uh, NFC South division. Uh, up front, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, I think, are formidable front, although I don't think that Leonard Williams has kind of been underwhelming since he came into the league. Uh, hopefully Dexter Lawrence can take another step this year, as I also thought he was underwhelming in his rookie year. Um, yeah, I, I don't have many problems with the Giants. It's just their schedule is a little bit tough, playing Pittsburgh, San Fran. I mean, that the NFC East is one of the toughest divisions to play in, um, but they also play the uh, Buccaneers, um, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore. I just don't see them getting through that schedule with over six and a half wins. I agree. I'm also taking the under. I think expecting them to win seven games is a little ridiculous. I do think that they'll be competitive. I think six and ten is a reasonable expectation. I don't see enough offensively for Daniel Jones to be able to lead his team to seven wins. I'm not the biggest fan of Daniel Jones. Obviously, it was his rookie season. He's got a ton of room to improve. So, you know, he could come out and have a career year this next upcoming season. We're only basing it off of one year. But again, yeah, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, I don't really trust that that's enough weapons to help Daniel Jones with this offense. I think their O-line, they've been steadily improving over the last few years. Um, now they, I mean, I still don't love all the money that's hooked up with Nate Solder because he's been a little underwhelming since that big contract. Spencer Poli at center, not a huge fan of, but... Uh, Kevin Zietler, Andrew Thomas, and Will Hernandez as the other three, I think, is far better than what they've had in recent years. Uh, Saquon, obviously, is, is the workhorse running back, but I feel like a lot was, uh, like, relied on him last season, and he kind of had a down year. They don't have anyone behind him except for Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman, so a lot is, is riding on Saquon Barkley. We'll see how that goes. Defensively, their linebackers have been horrible. In, in recent years. It's always been their um, biggest weakness, and this offseason they definitely put some money there. They signed Blake Martinez to a big contract, three-year, $31 million. They also got Kyler Fackrell. Uh, Lorenzo Carter is still young at that 
that uh, will spot. The secondary, though, again, I like James Bradbury, too, but your safeties, uh, Jabril Peppers and Julian Love. Julian Love I like, but I, I don't know about Jabril Peppers. They did sign, sign or, uh, draft Xavier McKinney. And then at corner, you got DeAndre Baker. Who knows what's going on with him uh, after that whole uh, – Whole deal. Yeah, I think that's the big thing for them. They're playing. A, their, their schedule has a ton of talented receivers on there, and I think they will be competitive in some games. But James Bradbury's a number one is great, but behind after DeAndre Baker, who was awful in his rookie year, you have Sam Beal, Darnay Holmes, and Corey Ballantyne as your other cornerbacks. You're not stopping any any uh, no. wide receivers with that. So I don't. I think that's going to be a huge issue for them. One that I don't think they're going to be able to fix this year. Agreed. Yep. So I have the under. Uh, I do think they'll be competitive in some games. I'm excited to see Daniel Jones because he did show flashes his rookie season, but I will expect the under to hit. Next up, Philadelphia Eagles. The over-under is nine and a half wins. They had nine wins in 2019. I'm going with the over here. For me, this is an easy over. If it didn't rely on the health of Carson Wentz, I would hammer it. But there's just too many health issues with that Eagles offense that it's not one that I'm betting. But it is one of the best offenses in the NFC. Um, Jalen Rager, with the first-round pick, definitely tightened up that receiving core. If he can uh, join a healthy Deshaun Jackson and a healthy Alshon Jeffrey, I think that's going to be a dangerous receiving core, especially when you throw guys like Marquise Goodwin and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside into the mix. Their O-line is talented as it always is. Zach Ertz is top three tight end in the league. Um, I'm excited to see how Miles Sanders is able to carry the bulk of the workload now that Jordan Howard's gone. Uh, he seems pretty confident and he's excited to do it. Uh, I think a lot of this is gonna ride on Carson Wentz and his health. And if he can play all 16 games, I can see this easily going over. That defense is ridiculous. That D-line added Javon Hargrave who's a, a top 10 defensive lineman, or at least D-tackle in the league. So you got Derek Barnett, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. That's just ridiculous. Uh, the secondary, they added one of the best corners in the league, Darius Slay, despite losing uh, Roby Coleman and, and Ronald Darby. Um, I see this going over without a doubt. Yeah, I also like the over for the Eagles, but I think it's going to come down to that four-week period where they play Seattle at home, Green Bay on the road, New Orleans at home, and then Arizona on the road. I think those are four toss-up games that I think they can win at least two or three of those, especially the ones at home and then against Arizona. New Orleans at home is going to be tough, I think. Um, I like the Eagles. You know, Jalen Rager got a ton of hate <laughs> where the Eagles picked him. He was a beast at TCU, and I think he's going to continue that in the NFL. He kind of reminds me of Deshaun Jackson, actually. Um, but Deshaun Jackson can't stay in the field. Hopefully, Jalen Rager can. Mm -hmm. uh, Zach Ertz is one of the best tight ends in the league. No issues there. Miles Sanders. Boston Scott's a good complimentary back to go with him. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be good at the backfield. You touched on the defense. One thing I will say is that their line, I don't like their linebackers at all. I, I agree. Think their linebackers are terrible. Um, you know, yeah. They might be able to get away with it because they they got much. They were they're way more improved at their cornerback position. Um, uh, yeah, you know that linebacker room is just awful. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty bad. And, yeah, you got T.J. Edwards, Duke Riley, Nathan Jerry. I mean, 
yeah, they don't have any names at the linebacker position, but I think the rest of that defense is yeah, strong. I think, I think the they're going to be able to pick up the... Yeah, the rest of the defense room. will be able to make up for that lack in the linebacker room. I think they have a pretty easy kind of first half of the schedule. Basically, their only tough games are against San Fran, uh, Pitt, and Baltimore, but I think they can probably win the rest of those uh, through week, uh, week eight. And then there's those toss-up games that I said earlier. I, I still like the over for the Eagles. And I do like the pick of Jalen Hurts. It's one that got a lot of hate. Um, I think worst case scenario, he's used uh, like the Saints use. Um, what's the dude's name? Taysom Hill. I mean, you see the Saints use him in all sorts of ways. I think worst case scenario, he's used like that. But with a team that with a with their starting quarterback, his health is so inconsistent. I think drafting a good backup quarterback in the second round is very valuable. So even if Carson Wentz goes down, you're still going to feel confident putting Jalen Hurts there at quarterback. One question I do have, though, is if the Eagles kind of don't perform this year, does Jalen Hurts take over at some point, maybe next year? Um, Not this year. I think Wentz I mean, is with them this year. Yeah, but if next you're year, talking about Eagles as a team, <coughs> no. If you're talking about Carson Wentz individually, maybe. Um, I'd be I, I can see Carson Wentz having a slight injury, like he hurts his hand and he's out two weeks or so, Jalen Hurts comes in and he runs it up and then Carson Wentz is healthy again and there's going to be a conversation about, oh, maybe Jalen Hurts should keep the starting job. I can see Jalen Hurts definitely starting a couple games this year. You know, this kind of reminds me of the uh, Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson thing that happened yeah. in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson's rookie year, where he was kind of used as a decoy for most games and then Joe Flacco eventually got hurt and Lamar Jackson took over. Um, if Carson Wentz gets hurt and Jalen Hurts falls out, I think they'll stick with Jalen Hurts in the future. But I think it's with Wentz for now. Another thing to note is I really love the, the Eagles special teams. I think Cam Johnson at punter and Jake Elliott at kicker, two of the best in the game. So that's always another, another plus. All right, moving on to the last team in the division, the Washington Redskins. Um, <laughs> this is tough for me because I'm so biased. Uh, Arguably, their three most important players are Buckeyes. You, know, you got Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, Terry McLaurin at receiver, Chase Young now at pass rusher, defensive end. Um, so, I mean, I'll be watching every single one of their games. I'm definitely taking the over. I don't know if I'm betting on it, but for this, I'm at least arguing the over. They've got the fifth easiest schedule. Um, that defense is arguably the best in the division. That defensive line has all first-round picks. Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Ryan Kerrigan, and now Chase Young. Um, I think that secondary is improving. They signed Kendall Fuller to a four-year, $40 million deal, which is huge. Yeah, at safety, you got Landon Collins and Sean Davis. I think that's, that's pretty formidable. Um, you know, they got Darby at the other corner position. I honestly think Chase Young, and you can argue this, but I think Chase Young might his rookie season be the best defensive player in that division. Uh, I think you can argue Darius Slay or Fletcher Cox or Marcus Lawrence, but Chase Young, I think, is that good that he, he's the easy front runner for defensive rookie of the year. He's going to have a huge impact. Um, I, I think the Redskins can go over. They're at five and a half wins. They had three last year. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, I will say that Chase Young is a beast, and it's not like one of those situations where you can just double-team him because they're so versatile on that defensive line and at the edge position. I'm going to have to go with the under here for the Redskins. I thought Dwayne Haskins was uh, underwhelming his rookie year, and again, he's going to get that entire offseason of work to improve, but 
you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't like the running back room. I think Darius Geis has a ton of potential, but he's been injury-plagued. Uh, I, I think Terry McLaurin is a great wide receiver. I just, outside of him, I don't see anything there for Dwayne Hassons, for any, for Dwayne Hassons to throw to. And I think teams are just going to be able to focus on Terry McLaurin because there's not any uh, stud coming out of the backfield for them to also worry about. And then their tight end room is awful, too. Jeremy Sprinkles are number one. <laughs> you know, their defense is going to keep them in games this year. They also signed Ronald Darby, who I like. Um, Landon Collins, like you said, one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, their defense, I think, last year was also a little bit underrated as they kept them in some games, too. I just don't think they have enough on the offensive side of the ball to put up enough points to work through that schedule, which is a really tough one. Yeah, they don't have huge names at receiver. Terry McLaurin obviously had a phenomenal rookie season. But the rest of that receiving core is young. Kelvin Harmon, yeah, this will be his second year. Trey Quinn, this will be his third year. I really liked what I saw out of Steven Sims Jr. last year. And they also add a couple weapons. Antonio Gibson out of Memphis is going to play that sort of uh, Chris Thompson role that they lost. Uh, Chris Thompson was great for the Redskins but couldn't stay healthy. I think Antonio Gibson is going to fill that role well. They got Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty. I think he's going to do really well for them. So they don't have huge names, but I think guys that will definitely vibe well with Dwayne Haskins. I think Dwayne is going to show great improvement. Uh, he lost a ton of weight this offseason. I think he was improving at the end of the year last year. Uh, I liked his rookie season personally better than Daniel Jones, better than Gardner Minshew. Um, my only concern is that offensive line. I don't know if that's going to be able to uh, – give Dwayne enough time to throw, especially after trading Trent Williams. Uh, we'll see. I think the Redskins are an exciting team to watch. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm taking the over personally. We're going to move on to the NFC North, starting with the Chicago Bears. They're projected eight and a half wins. They had eight in 2019. What do you think with the Bears? Yeah, I think with the Bears are one of the toughest teams to project this year, purely because I don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback room. Uh, I think Nick Foles is going to end up being their week one starter over Mitch Trubisky. Um, and, you know, Nick Foles was really not good in Jacksonville last year after he uh, kind of balled out for the Eagles before he went there. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think they have enough on the uh, – I don't know where they're going to put up points because I think Tariq Owen and David Montgomery are good complementary backs. David Montgomery, was, I think, was awful last year. I think he I think he was asked to do a lot, and I don't think he was able to perform. Their wide receiver room, I think, is okay. Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller are two good wide receivers, but I don't understand the Jimmy Graham signing at all. That made no sense to me. Um, I, Jimmy Graham has been on decline. He was awful in Green Bay after he's declining in Seattle, and I just don't understand that signing. I mean, their defense was one of the best two years ago, and they're still going to be strong with Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, uh, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith. Uh, Kyle Fuller is a, is a good uh, corner, and I like the Jalen Johnson signing. Even though they had Buster Screen, who uh, I thought was actually decent, but mm -hmm. uh, Eddie Jackson's one of the best safeties in the league. You know... I'm going to go with the under because I think they have a tough schedule, especially after week eight where they play New Orleans, Tennessee, Minnesota, Green Bay, Houston, Minnesota, and Green Bay again. I, I just don't see them winning enough games there to hit the over. Yeah, I am probably taking the under. Um, you know, they did lose some pieces defensively. Leonard Floyd, HaHa, Clinton Dix, Prince of Mukamara, uh, Aaron Lynch, but they also added some pieces. They signed Robert Quinn to a huge deal, five years, $70 million. I think he's going to do really well. Um, edge rushing there. 
Jimmy Graham, that signing, I don't understand. Again, two years, 16 million. I feel like it's a lot of money wrapped up in a guy that isn't going to get that many targets, especially when you then go and draft Cole Komet, the tight end out of Notre Dame, with your second-round pick. Um, yeah, so I don't really understand that. I love drafting Jalen Johnson in the second round. Kid's huge, physical corner. Uh, I had a first-round grade on him, so I like that uh, draft pick. They add Artie Burns. Um, I don't know if he's going to be – Kyle Fuller's your clear number one. Between Artie Burns, Buster Screen, and Jalen Johnson, I don't know who's going to be two through four. Um, but I don't, I'm not a fan of Artie Burns. Eddie Jackson, again, he said one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, that D-line, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, uh, Khalil Mack off the edge I think is great. I don't know what they're going to do offensively, just like you said. I think that O-line still has weaknesses. I think they're going to roll – with Mitch Trubisky at the beginning of the season. And I think their schedule is really light at the beginning of the season. So I think they're going to get a couple of wins under the book with Trubisky. Even though he might not have great performances, they're going to be forced to roll with him. And I think they're going to struggle at the end of the season. I think they might end up starting around, I don't know, three and six, four and eight, four and seven, I don't that sort of thing. And then they're going to try to look towards possibly tanking because I do love the next quarterback class. You have a chance at Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, and I think a team like the Bears who have such a great defense, all they're missing is a quarterback. Um, yeah, offensively, I don't think there's enough there. I would take the under. I don't see the Bears getting nine wins unless they're rolling with Nick Foles the entire season. Then maybe I can see him going with nine wins. They're not hitting the over. Mitch Trubisky plays more than Agreed. Like five yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. Um, Next, we got the Detroit Lions. The over-under is six and a half wins, so you're asking them to get seven wins for the over to hit, and they only had three in 2019, but you have to remember that Matthew Stafford was out for a lot of that season. Um, I think seven is a, you're asking a lot out of the Lions. What do you think? Yeah, I actually like the over for the Lions this year, and I think a lot of it is around Matt Stafford coming back. I think they have one of the best offenses in the league. Matt Stafford has been a, uh, a solid quarterback for a long time. I don't completely understand the DeAndre Swift pick in the draft as they have on Johnson, who I thought was, was fine. But their wide receivers are top two. Galladay and Marvin Jones are really good together. They're going to put up huge numbers. And then TJ Hawkinson showed potential last year. I think he's going to take a big step this year. Um, I do like the Vitae signing for that right tackle position. I thought they were struggling at that position for a long time, and he'll help shore that up. Uh, I think the questions are really around the defensive side of the ball, especially that front from a defensive line outside of Danny Shelton and Deshaun Hand. I don't really like anybody there. And then Trey Flowers, I think, is going to perform well this year at the edge position. I do like the Jeff Okuda pick. Corner's been a struggle with them for a long time, even though they had Darius Slay outside of him. There wasn't really much there. And then they add Desmond Trufant to be his pair, who I thought uh, has been on the decline in Atlanta for a little bit, but can still perform. Uh, not a huge fan of their safety room. I, I do like Tracy Walker, but I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Deron Harmon. Uh, defensively, yeah, I do think they have a couple of holes, but, I mean, Darius Slay is a big loss. I'm not a big fan of Desmond Trufant, but I love Jeff Okuda, and I honestly thought that if they went in a different direction and maybe drafted um, an Isaiah Simmons or a Derek Brown, they still would have been okay at the corner position because I do like their young guys. I like Justin Coleman, I like Daryl Roberts, uh, I like Jamal Agnew, and I like Mike Ford. So I think that they've got a lot to work with at the corner position, led now by Jeff Okuda. 
I love Deron Harmon. I think he's a, he's a great safety, uh, and I think he's going to fit well into the starting position with the Lions, especially with uh, Matt Patricia as a head coach since he worked a lot with them at, with the Patriots. And they got another Patriot now, and Jamie Collins, a guy that's worked with Matt Patricia in the past. Uh, Jared Davis, I think we're still waiting to see take that step forward. Um, we'll see what he can do in, in now this uh, his fourth season. That O-line or that D-line, other than Trey Flowers, I don't expect them to get to the passer a lot, get to the quarterback. Um, you said offensively I like him. I do like the DeAndre Swift pick. Carryon Johnson has been good, but he's been spotty, um, missed a lot of time with injury. I do like – I'd rather have the Lions go with two great running backs and Carryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift than – have a lot riding on Kyrion Johnson and end up getting stuck with Bo Scarborough and Ty Johnson at the end of the season like they did last year. Uh, yeah, the O-line is improving. Um, Vitae was a great signing. I think Kenny Galladay is going to put up monster numbers if Matthew Stafford can stay healthy. I just don't trust that defense enough. I think the back half is better than the front half of that defense. Um, and... As much as I like the offense, I can see Matt Patricia absolutely ruining it. I, I think this is going to be Matt Patricia's last uh, year at, as head coach for the Lions. They're going to move on. I, he just, I, I don't think, has enough uh, knowledge offensively to be able to help Matt Stafford and, and the rest of that young offense. So I'm going with the under. We've got the Green Bay Packers next. Over, under, nine and a half wins. They had 13 in 2019. So you're asking them to get four less wins this year than last year for that under to hit. I personally don't see that happening. I think it's a little ridiculous to project that at nine and a half. Last year was the first year Aaron Rodgers had with head coach Matt LaFleur, and it went really well. Aaron Rodgers kind of took a step back, and instead of putting up monster numbers and stat padding, he was a game manager, and it worked really well. Uh, Aaron Jones had a huge season. Um, they had 13 wins, despite Devontae Adams only playing about half of them. Uh, I, I loved Aaron Rodgers last season. I think they're going to do something similar this year where they're just going to try to win games and not worry about what the score is or what the stats look like. And I think Aaron Rodgers is, is, was really good at, at that sort of uh, game-managing uh, position. They did lose a lot, especially in their linebacker position. They lost Blake Martinez, Kyle Fackrell, and B.J. Goodson. Um, so that's a little bit tough, but they added Christian Kirksey, who I think is a great linebacker. They still have Preston and Zadarius Smith at the outside linebacker positions. The Jordan Love draft pick, I think, made no sense. This is a team that's in win-now position. They were in the NFC Championship last year and ended up losing to the Niners. So I think it's a team that can easily get back there. So I don't understand even the first two picks. I don't think A.J. Dillon in the second round was a great pick for them either. So... I think they definitely missed an opportunity there. But I, I can see Aaron Rodgers in game manager mode, especially um, their special teams are great with J.K. Scott at punter. He's able to flip the field positions so well. Uh, you saw that last year. Um, I, I see the Packers going over and being one of the top teams in the NFC next year. Yeah, I also like the over. I just, I don't understand why they didn't pick a receiver in the draft. I think a receiver was, because outside Devontae Adams, None of those guys really stand out, and I thought they were going to try and add uh, somebody in the draft to make up for that. You but... don't like Devin Funches? 
That, no, I don't, because he's hurt all the time. But I think that was a position of need for them. They didn't fill it at all. But outside of there, their offense is just going to be as good as they were last year, maybe better. Aaron Jones finally evolved to kind of take over that backfield. And I, I love Aaron Jones uh, both ways, rushing and receiving. Uh, I wonder how the Jordan Love pick's going to take an effect on Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's going to uh, kind of take that personally. I don't think he'd be the type of guy that does that, though. I think he's still going to ball out. Uh, tight end is another position of weakness, but they haven't used their tight ends much in the past, so that's not or in the past. Sorry, but uh, so that's not going to mean much. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I, I really like their uh, secondary. Jair Alexander, Kevin King are two solid corners, and Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos are also two solid safeties. You mentioned the linebacker position being a, a position of weakness on the defense. Um, outside of Christian Kirksey, I agree. I don't, I don't like anybody in that linebacker room. Uh, and then they have two of the best edges in the league in the Darius Smith and Preston Smith. Kenny Clark's been a beast up front. Um, I, I think if there's any questions with the team, it's going to be around the defense. But, you know, I think their defense surprised us last year with how well they performed. And I think they're similarly going to be fine this year. So I also like the over for the Packers. Cool. We're going to move on to the Minnesota Vikings, last team in the NFC North. They're projected nine wins. They had 10 in 2019. And I'll start with them. They lost a lot in the offseason. They lost their three best corners in Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, and Xavier Rhodes. They lost two safeties in Anderson Deho and Jaron Curse. Um, they lost Stephen Weatherly up front. They lost Lindball Joseph up front. They lost Stephon Diggs and Laquan Treadwell at the receiver position. So they definitely got stripped a lot. But I find myself choosing the over. I love, you know, even though they lost their three best corners, I liked the depth they had at the position. So I think Mike Hughes and Holton Hill, our two young guys, are going to be able to hold their own. I love the pick of Jeff Gladney at a TCU in the first round. He was one of my top-ranked corners. I love Cam Dantzler in the third round, another guy that uh, is going to do well at the corner position for the Vikings. He seemed like the only guy in the SEC that was able to stop that LSU pass offense with Justin Jefferson and um, – Jamar Chase. So I, I think that was a great pick in the third round. And they add Michael Pierce from Baltimore to replace Linval Joseph. Um, that linebacker position is, is great as always. I think Daniel Hunter is a good pick for Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's going to get to the quarterback a ton. Um, and that offense, you know, Stephon Diggs is a big loss. But you're also adding Justin Jefferson, who I think was a, a good pick, and I was surprised to see slide all the way to the Vikings. He absolutely tore it up in the college football playoff. You had Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State in the second round to bolster that offensive line. I thought that was a great pick. I think this is a team that's going to win games. I don't think they're going to put up crazy numbers. I think it's a team that's just going to be a, a tough matchup. I love that run game. I don't think that they're going to give Dalvin Cook the ball 30 times a game. But I can see Dalvin Cook getting a big workload along with Alexander Madison, even giving some carries to Amir Abdullah. I think that's a great three-headed monster. Alexander Madison definitely was very impressive his rookie season. I think it's a, gonna, a lot of this is going to depend on Kirk Cousins, and I can see him getting it done personally. Yeah, I think a lot of the Vikings over-under is going to fall on the defense. You know, I think the offense is fine at each position, especially with the tight ends of Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. I think Irv Smith's going to take a huge step forward this year. Kyle Rudolph has been stellar for a long time. Uh, the only question I do have with the offense is around how it's going to be without Stefanski. Stefanski was kind of a ground-and-pound guy with Dalvin Cook and Madison, the two-headed monster. So I wonder uh, what's going to change or if they kind of stay with that ground game. 
Uh, defensive side of the ball, like you said, linebackers uh, as a position of strength for them. Daniel Hunter is one of the best edges in the league, and I do like the Michael Pierce signing out of Baltimore. Uh, yeah, the, the cornerback room is really just kind of iffy. Um, Jeff Gladney, you said, is pretty – I like Jeff Gladney. Mike Hughes and Holton Hill are the next two after that, and I, nothing really stands out for me there. Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith as their two safeties, I feel like they're really strong together and they're going to be really good. Um, I, I like the over for the Vikings, but I don't think I'd bet on that. I think it's one of those iffy situations. Mm -hmm. Sure. I do like those two young corners, Holton Hill out of UNC – Mike Hughes out of UCF. I like Mike Hughes more. I felt like um, he was one of my favorite corners that year in that draft class, and uh, I'm excited to see if he can take a uh, take on a larger role this upcoming season. We're going to move on to the NFC South. The Atlanta Falcons have an over-under of seven and a half wins, and they had seven in 2019. I feel like all signs are pointing towards the under, yet I find myself taking the over. They lost a lot in free agency. No more Austin Hooper, who I, he was a, a huge target for, for Matt Ryan last season. Desmond Trufant's gone. Vic Beasley, although he has fallen off a little bit since that Super Bowl run, uh, he's gone. Devondre Campbell's gone. Adrian Claiborne's gone. They did add Dante Fowler Jr., who's been a pass-rushing beast since he entered the league. Three years, $45 million. They substitute Devontae Freeman for Todd Gurley. So we'll see how that goes, see if he can stay healthy. The big issue I see with that offense is if one of those guys goes down, you're going to be in trouble. You've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley at the receiving core, but beyond that, it's Laquan Treadwell and Russell Gage. If Julio goes down and he's Julio has injury history, I think that's going to be a struggle, especially without a solid tight end because I don't trust Hayden Hurst. If Todd Gurley goes down, which is very possible, you're stuck with Brian Hill and – Ito Smith, even though I do like Ito Smith. Um, I don't know. What do you think for the Falcons? Yeah, I'm going to take the under, and I think a lot of it is because of their schedule also. After they're buying week 10, they're playing New Orleans, Las Vegas, New Orleans, the Chargers, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay. That, that's a crazy last whatever yeah, games for them. Brutal. And that's, I don't, I, their defense, I think, is awful in my, in my opinion. I hate their corners. Isaiah Oliver gave up, I think, 59 receptions last year. A.J. Terrell was a decent pick. I do like A.J. Terrell. I think he'll be their number one uh, by the end of the year. But uh, Demonte Casey and Keanu Neal, you know, Casey's kind of just been that filling guy since Neal gets hurt often, similar with Deion Jones. Outside of Deion Jones, I don't like their linebacker position. I don't like Deion uh, Buchanan. You know, at edge, I think they'll be okay with Dante Fowler and DeKaris McKinley. I don't think getting to the quarterback will be an issue. I think that defending the pass is just going to be an issue for them. And then, like you said, the offense, it really relies on Todd. It's going to rely on Todd Gurley and Julio Jones. And I don't like Todd, I don't like Todd Gurley going to that offense. Um, I thought they were just going to stick with Edo Smith and let him be the guy, which I would have preferred. Um, but Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are one of the best pairs in the uh, in the league. It's just a matter of if Julio can stay healthy. I actually think that Aiden Hurst is going to step up. I, I I'm not saying he is Austin Hooper, but I think he has similar qualities and will be a good target for Matt Ryan. Uh, I hate their special teams. I don't like Young Hoku as the kicker. <laughs> I think that's going to be a big position of weakness for them. You know their offensive line has been improving for years, and I think it's finally at that point where they're going to be able to uh, protect. Matt Ryan. I just don't – it's purely a schedule thing for me, so I'm going to okay. take the under there. That D-line is a little 
little scary. I think it could be a weakness. Yeah, Grady Jarrett obviously is Grady one of the Jarrett's best D tacklers in the yep. league, but Tack McKinley's been very disappointing since he came in the league. First yep. round pick out of UCLA. Um, they traded for Charles Harris, who has been disappointing since he was drafted in the first round out of Missouri. Um, the, they trade with the Dolphins, so I want to see if a change of you know location will help Charles Harris. See if he it taps into that potential that the Dolphins obviously saw um, a couple drafts ago. Deion Jones is great. AJ Terrell, he wasn't you know, my third ranked corner. He was taken as the third ranked corner. Whatever. I did, the Falcons just desperately needed a corner. So if that was the best guy in there on their board, then so be it. Uh, I do think there are a lot of holes. But wasn't AJ Terrell their first round pick? Yeah, yeah. I I would have preferred sixteenth uh, overall. Trevon Diggs or Jalen Johnson, I think. Yeah, which both those guys uh, fell in the second round, which makes which no is crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, or Jeff Gladney, I would have taken over over Terrell, but I don't know. AJ Terrell just got absolutely roasted by Ohio State and LSU in the playoffs. So. Yeah, I don't like Isaiah Oliver, like I mentioned earlier. You know, yeah. their defense is projected to be I think twenty seventh this year. Um, I think that's very clear after yeah. looking at their defense. Um, yeah, their defense is going to get torched, and with that second half of the schedule, it's just not going to be fun. I, I do like Kendall Sheffield at the corner position. I think he'll take a step forward this upcoming season. Um, but I don't know. The Falcons were improving at the end of the year last year. I remember at the beginning of the year, they were struggling really bad, and, and people were projecting Chase Young to the Falcons' first overall pick, and then the Falcons ended up with a 16th overall pick because they started winning games at the end of the season. So I, I can see – they have to go 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't think that's asking for a ton. I can see it happening. Um, not one I'm betting on, though. Next up, we've got the Carolina Panthers. Their over-under is 5.5 wins. They had 5 in 2019. Do you think that they improved enough to add one extra win and go 6-10 and ten this upcoming season? I think they do. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is 10 times better than Kyle Allen is. I think Teddy Bridgewater is one of those guys that can kind of just get rid of the ball and put it in playmakers' hands. And with Joe Brady as their new offensive coordinator from LSU, uh, I think that's what they're going to do, getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. I love the Robbie Anderson signing. Uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel, I think, are two sol- or, I'm sorry, three solid wide receivers that – Teddy Bridgewater can get the ball out to. They're all kind of speed guys, uh, similar to, again, what LSU did last year. Uh, I don't, tight end's a position of weakness, I think. Ian Thomas, I think, is going to be asked to do a lot after the departure of Greg Olson. Uh, I don't know if he is going to be able to fill those shoes. You know, he's been playing here and there these last few years, and he's flashed, you know, he's shown signs of potential, but I don't think he's good enough. Joey Sly, I think, so position. I, that, that's what I'm seeing is that he's going to be their week one kicker. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't, I don't really like Joey Sly. I think he has a big leg, but he's kind of just uh, – he's a little spotty on his kicks. Um, the, the issue came around the defensive side of the ball. They had one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL in the past, like, 10 years or something. I think they shored that up front with Derek Brown, who's an absolute monster out of Auburn. Him and uh, Kawan Short – up front are going are gonna to be fine in addition of Bravion Roy, their sixth-round pick out of Baylor. At the edge position, Brian Burns should take a step forward this year. He was a monster in the beginning of the year and then got injured and kind of fell off a little bit. I love the year third gross tomatoes, Matos, Matos, whatever, pick. Um, I think he'll step up and be fine. Steven Weatherly, another signing that they had who should fill that edge position. You know, linebacker, losing Luke Keekley is probably one of the biggest losses at any team this offseason. You know, Shaq Thompson has been his pair for a few years now, and Shaq Thompson's 
pretty elite. Uh, it's just outside of him. I, I don't know if I trust to hear Whitehead after he was released from the Raiders, but you know he is a tackling monster and should be okay in that linebacker room. The corner room is real. That that might be their biggest position of weakness. Dante Jackson again has shown signs of potential, but has also been torched a few times, especially against Antonio Brown two years ago, Devonta Adams last year. He hasn't really. Uh, I don't think he's hit his. Uh, second round draft pick grade yet. Troy Pry Jr. I like. I think that he's going to end up being their second corner. Um, I, I think he he's similar to James Bradbury that he's going to eventually be that guy that kind of just uh, covers one person throughout the game. And then I think the Jeremy Chin pick is one of the best picks of the draft. I would have preferred the Patriots picked him other rather than their uh, Kyle Duggar. Yeah, um, him and Trey Boston should be solid in the uh at the safety position they do have a really tough schedule so i, I do like the o over for the panthers and i'm sorry i've talked about them so much they're my favorite team. <laughs> uh yeah i'm going with the under uh i think they'll be competitive in a lot of their games uh i expected the panthers to be a team that was going to open up and tank and try to go for trevor lawrence or justin fields or that kid out of north dakota state um, and then they signed Teddy Bridgewater, three years, $63 million. That's $21 million a year. So clearly they think they're in win-now mode. We'll see. I, I, I don't expect that, that defense to be able to help them. I mean, every single draft pick this past 2020 NFL draft went on the defensive side of the ball. First but you, you, need, you need them to develop. They're not going to come in right away. I think Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, and... Utah Gross Miles are three guys that are definitely going to have an immediate impact. But <clears throat> like you said, that corner position is ugly. Dante Jackson had a good, I think, a decent rookie season for being a second-round pick. Last season, I felt like he didn't really take a step forward like people thought he would. Huge fall. And then, yeah, you've got Corn Elder, Troy Pride Jr., Cole Luke. I, I mean, I don't even know who Cole Luke is. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. I don't, I, yeah, that corner position is pretty brutal. Their top of the year going to be Dante Jackson. And I think Troy Pride's going to – I hope he starts the year. I don't think he is. I think it's going to be Corn Elder to start the year, and then Troy Pride Jr. should take over because Corn Elder is not good. <laughs> I do like Jeremy Chin, especially as a second-round pick. I think he could have slid into the first round. That defensive line is, I think, pretty good. Uh, Derek Brown's a great pick. He's going to be a B. Stephen Weatherly. A great signing, especially for it only being $6 million a year. Brian Burns, first-round pick. He's got potential. Um, Shaq Thompson is great. I, the rest of that linebacker core I don't love. Uh, it's a year Whitehead. Uh, Marquise Haynes, like, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I am excited to see Teddy Bridgewater finally get back into the starting quarterback position. I think this is going to be a fun team to watch. I don't know how I feel about signing Robbie Anderson at $10 million a year, but they were desperate for another target, so... We'll see how he pairs with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, two guys that I really like. I'm going to take the under, but I think it's going to be a competitive season for Matt Rule and the Panthers, and um, it'll be exciting to watch, especially with Ted Br Teddy Bridgewater under center. Next up, we got the New Orleans Saints over under 10 wins, and they had 13 in 2019. It's another over under that's a little confusing for me, just like the Packers, two teams that had 13 wins, and now they're projecting them three less wins this upcoming season. I feel like the Saints didn't really change that much. Um, the only thing they did was improve. Yeah, they, didn't, the, they didn't. They didn't. I, 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 no, I mean, they, they lost Teddy, but I don't think that's a, a, a big deal. I think Drew Brees is a guy who's been very consistent health-wise. Last year was an anomaly, especially with like a finger injury. You don't really expect that. 
Von Bell is a tough loss, but you're replacing him with Malcolm Jenkins, so I don't see an issue there. Mm -hmm. You're adding Emmanuel Sanders, another great target. Um, Ty Montgomery, I wonder if it, how many uh, targets, touches he'll get per game. Um, I don't think that many. They only had, I think, four draft picks, but they did really well with it. Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, that guard slash center, I absolutely love as a first-round pick. Zach Bond, they got late, and I could have even seen him going into the first or second round, so I think that was a great pick. That defense is just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I don't understand how Zach Bond fell that far for the Saints to be able to get him. There's not a position on this team where they got worse. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, that two-headed monster, absolute studs. Michael Thomas is one of is probably one of, if not the best wide receivers in the league, and Emmanuel Sanders is a great addition to him. Jared Cook was solid for them last year. Um, Will Lutz, one of the best kickers in the league. Uh, one of, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And then, you know, they signed Janoris Jenkins, who's going to help that cornerback room. Him and Marshall Lattimore is going to be two great guys there. Uh, I don't, I don't, they're favored in every single game this year. I don't, I don't see a weakness. Yeah, neither do I. I, I think this might be one of the easiest overs. Yeah, agreed. I mean, th that defense is just nuts. Yeah. Um, Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport as your edge rushers is ridiculous. Sheldon Rankins, uh, Malcolm Brown in the middle of that defensive line. Demario Davis was one of the best linebackers in the league last season. Marshawn Lattimore, in my opinion, is the second best corner in the league behind Stephon Gilmore, although I know Trey White is, a, is up there for a lot of people too. Malcolm Jenkins is a beast. There's a ton of depth in that, in that secondary. Yeah, this team's absurd. It, it really is. It, I'll be shocked. I mean, you're asking them to go 9-7 and seven for that under to hit. I'm hammering that over. I think them losing to the Vikings was purely a mental thing last year. They're, they had no business losing to the Vikings at home. Right. Um, they might be my Super Bowl pick. Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be a lot of people's Super Bowl pick, and rightly so. They have no positions of weakness on this team. It, they have the number one offense projected, number two the, uh, projected defense. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I think you just locked this team in. Over. <laughs> All right, easy pick. Moving on to the Buccaneers. Over under nine wins. They had seven in 2019. Um, you know, they kind of added the GOAT, Tom Brady. So that's obviously the big jump that they're going to be uh, making from 2019. That's why they're projected nine wins instead of the seven that they had in 2019. And I really like their draft. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, you know, they had there were those top four offensive tackles in the 2020 NFL draft between Wirfs, Wills, Thomas, and Becton. So the fact that they were able to get one uh, where they were in the middle of the first round is great. Antoine Winfield Jr. was my top-ranked safety, and they found him in the second round. Kashawn Vaughn, I think, is going to get a ton of touches this upcoming season, the running back out of uh, Vanderbilt. I think he's going to be a guy that is a late-round sleeper in fantasy that I'm looking to take. Uh, Tyler Johnson, the guy in the fifth round, he was one of the best receivers in the Big Ten last season. I, I can Nine wins is tough. I think they might end up pushing uh, in, in taking that sixth or seventh playoff spot. I'm going to pick the over. Uh, I, I really like this defense. Um, Shaquille Barrett, they were able to keep as a, as a franchise tag. He was an absolute monster. Uh, especially at the beginning of the season, just getting sack after sack. The rest of that defensive line is great. McDonald Sue, even at his age, is, is doing real well. Uh, Vita Vea has come on strong since he was drafted in the first round in 2018. They still have JPP. 
Devin White, when he was healthy, was had a great rookie season at LSU. Levante David, still one of the best linebackers in the league. The secondary is the only place where I, I see as a, as a big weakness. Um, but I think the rest of that, deep, I think they're going to get to the passer, get to the quarterback enough, create enough pressure that I think the secondary, the weakness in the secondary isn't going to really be um, exploited as often as people may think. Yeah, I think this is also an easy over. You know, they're, they're not going to win the division. The Saints are going to win it, but putting, I think they're easily going to put over ten, put up over 10 wins. They have the 12th easiest schedule in the league. You know, I think we're forgetting about playing Gabbert, not Tom Brady. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I actually really like Ronald Jones. He was one of my fantasy picks last year, and I didn't really expect much out of him. I only picked him based off what I heard from training camp. But I thought he kind of balled out last year. He fixed his ball handling issues and kind of, you know, he averaged, I think, what, a negative yards per carry his rookie year? Yeah, I drafted him in the fifth round in fantasy that year. Yeah, but he, he really gets downhill well. And I think he, if, uh, an offseason of working with Tom Brady, I think he's going to develop in the uh, pass-catching game also. Uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Them together, you know, Chris Godwin had his breakout year last year. Another fantasy pick of mine. Um, <laughs> no issues there. I wonder if Gronk comes back and will be able to stay healthy. You know, he, he's been in great shape and working out. You know, he's a professional wrestler now. Um, <laughs> him and OJ Howard together, and they have Cameron Bray. I mean, there's no issues with the tight end room. Yeah, the only issues is their cornerback position, Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting. You know, I thought they sh I don't, I don't know. They're going to be – I think that's going to be the position of weakness, and I hope that they are able to develop enough where they're able to stop that uh, those wide receivers in the NFC South. I love the Antoine Linfield pick at safety. I thought he slid way more than he should have. And I, I do like the Shaquille Barrett re-signing. I think I like it more because they have Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul to the point where you can't double either of them because one of the other guys is going to get to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, and you already mentioned their linebacker room. They have a pretty easy schedule. I, I don't see any issues there outside of New Orleans, uh, maybe Green Bay, and then Kansas City one time. Uh, I think this is an easy over. Yeah, I think this might be Tom Brady's best offensive weapon group that he's had in his career uh, as, as, a, as a group. I mean, obviously he had Randy Moss for a couple years. He had Gronk in his prime, but as a, as a group, having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, a rookie Tyler Johnson, who I think is going to come on strong. You've got Gronk, O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray at the tight end room. Ronald Jones, we'll see how he improves his upcoming season. He definitely had a better sophomore season than a rookie season. Um, Sean Vaughn, I really love, especially in the third round. I'm excited to see uh, Ogumba Wale. I think you know, Tom Brady's always using his uh, running backs in the passing game. I think he's a guy who's going to get a, a lot of targets every game. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, that pairing, I'm super excited to watch. I think this one definitely goes over. Um, but I could see a push. We'll see. Um, we're going to move on to the NFC West, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. What do you think with the Cardinals? They had seven and a half, or they had five wins in 2019. They projected seven and a half this season. I like the over, and I think a lot of it is because of their offense. Um, they didn't really show that air raid offense that Cliff Kingsbury was talking about. I didn't. Tyler Murray was decent when he aired out the ball, but I don't think he got enough chances to do so. Adding DeAndre Hopkins is only going to help. Um, 
Cardinals absolutely fleeced the Texans in that trade. <laughs> and I think they have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the NFL with uh, DeAndre, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, and then speedster Andy Isabella. Don't sleep on Johnny Dixon, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll draft um, a free agent out of Ohio State, just I, saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought Kenyon Drake didn't get, get enough touches in Miami, and I was glad that they got rid of him. And I think he's better than David Johnson. I think he's a better runner. Um, and he's actually he's decent catching the ball out of the backfield. I think he's easily going to be able to replace David Johnson. I think the only questions with this team are on – I don't know, actually. I think their defense is pretty strong also. Chandler Jones, I think, he gets slept on a lot, even though he's one of the best edges in the league. You know, he gets over 11 sacks a year. Um, I like Jordan Phillips, the guy that they signed out of uh, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron Murphy, hopefully he can take a step forward this year at the cornerback position. Patrick Peterson, their other corner, has been solved for a really long time. Buda Baker, maybe the best safety in the league, one of the most athletic safeties well, in the league. I don't know about best safety in the league, but he's, he's definitely come on strong. He's, he's, he's up there. I yeah. love Buda Baker. I think he does it. He does everything with the tackles. Uh, I think he gets the quarterback well, uh, intercepts the ball. I, I don't. Jordan Hicks and Isaiah Simmons are going to be deadly at linebacker. Yeah. They signed Devondre Campbell, too, yeah. from Atlanta. I mean, you know, Zane Gonzalez was one of the best kickers last year. You know, I think a lot of the issues is the offensive line. I hope it's not like a Cam Newton situation where they can't block for him. Uh, hope for Kyler Murray. I hope Kyler Murray rushes the ball more this year. I don't think he did enough of that last year. Um, I think Kyler Murray is going to take a huge step forward this year, and I think this is another easy over. I am also taking the over. I think in a lot of games, uh, the Cardinals got off to an early deficit and were getting blown out and then started to come back later in the game. They've shown flashes with Kyler at quarterback. I think he just needs to be more consistent, and I don't think that's asking a lot out of him. I think they're going to be able to do it. I love that receiving core. The biggest question for me is the offensive line. Uh, They did draft Josh Jones out of Houston in the third round. I think he could have gone in the first, so that's a huge uh, pick for for the Cardinals. That running back group, Kenyon Drake, came on strong with the Cardinals last season. It was a disaster in Miami, and uh, I guess Cliff Kingsbury knew how to – knew how to use him. Um, Chase Edmonds, when he started those couple games, when David Johnson was hurt, he was phenomenal. Eno Benjamin, I think, in this as a seventh-round pick, is going to um, make some noise. Yeah, that defense, though. I mean, at, at corner, Pat Pete and Byron Murphy, that duo was great. Uh, Buda Baker, uh, Jalen Thompson isn't bad. We'll see what they do with Isaiah Simmons. Do they start him or do they play him at safety a lot? Do they throw him in the linebacker position? Because that linebacker position with – Chandler Jones, Devondre Campbell, and Jordan Hicks is already pretty good. Um, so Isaiah Simmons is just your wild card. It's kind of like a, uh, icing on the cake there. I see the over. Um, I think Chandler Jones might be my pick for defensive player of the year. We'll see. Um, but I can see the over hitting with, a, when it's, with an improved Kyler Murray with a second year under that Cliff Kingsbury offense. Moving on to the LA Rams. They had nine wins in 2019. The over-under is set at nine wins again for the Rams. The issue is they lost a lot. They lost Dante Fowler Jr. Uh, Corey Littleton is gone, signed with the Raiders. They lost Greg Zerline, who, again, I think is a top two, top three kicker in the league. Todd Gurley's gone, although he, he's obviously not the same player that he was two or three years ago. They lost Nikel Roby Coleman, and Brandon Cooks, one of their top three receiver targets, is gone as well. They didn't really add anyone in free agency, and they didn't have a first-round pick. Um, 
What do you think with the Rams? Yeah, I'm taking the under for the Rams. I don't see enough. You know, Jared Goff kind of showed his rookie year inconsistencies last year. Um, I don't. I like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, but I don't. I don't think I trust Jared Goff to be able to lead them the nine wins. I think that that was kind of a fluke in 2018 when they got to the Super Bowl, or was it? Yeah, 2018, 2019 season. Uh, I think Daryl Henderson's actually okay. I think he'll be able to kind of step in for Todd Gurley. I don't think he's going to put up the numbers that Todd Gurley had, but him and Cam Akers combined, I think, will be able to. Malcolm Brown, too. I like Malcolm Brown, too. Uh, Malcolm Brown, yeah. I think think all three of those guys will be able to uh, step up and take over for the loss of Todd Gurley. No, I think a lot of the issues for the Rams come on the defensive side of the ball. Outside of signing Leonard Floyd, um, I'm not a huge fan of their edge room, even though they have Samson and Bukum and Terrell Lewis. You know, Aaron Donald's a monster, and Michael Brocker is, is, okay, is decent, but I think the linebacker position is super weak for them. Troy Reader and Micah Kaiser, not a huge fan of either of them. Those are their top two linebackers right now. Jalen Ramsey um, and Troy Hill, I think, are actually two solid corners, and I love John Johnson and Taylor Rapp at the safety position. I just don't think they have enough up front or at linebacker to really stop anybody in the uh, NFC West. Uh, Jalen Ramsey recently just said that he's not going to be holding out. He'll be joining the team as soon as they're allowed to. I think that's huge. I like their secondary. Taylor Rapp had a good rookie season. John Johnson, I think, is one of the most underrated safeties in the league. Uh, He's one of my favorite players. They add Jordan Fuller. Um, I think he's a guy who's, who's going to be getting a lot of playing time as a sixth-round pick. Troy Hill, not a fan of, but, I mean, I think there's enough talent in the rest of that secondary. Leonard Floyd, I think, has been a, a little bit disappointing since he entered the league. I think there's a lot of hype around him. So they've got him and Terrell Lewis at the linebacker position, a rookie. We'll see what he can do. Yeah, linebacker position isn't strong. Um, I don't think they're going to get to the quarterback a lot outside of Aaron Donald, but I think... Aaron Donald does it enough where that's not a huge deal. I think we're asking a lot out of Jared Goff this season to get to 10 wins. I don't think that 2018 season was a fluke. I don't think that you make the Super Bowl on a fluke. I think that he just had a down year last year. You've got different faces now. You've got Van Jefferson in the second round as as the the third target. Um, That receiving core with Cup, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, and Van Jefferson I think is very good. Uh, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett and Bryson Hopkins make up one of the best tight end rooms in the league. I do like the three-headed monster at running back with Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. I can see this being an easy push at nine wins. If I had to pick either the over or the under, I'm going to pick the over because I just have a lot of trust in Sean McVay and, and Jared Goff to be able to repeat what they did in 2018. Not necessarily you know, going to the Super Bowl, but I can see them putting together a 10-6 and six record. Um, you know, Jared Goff was, that, was drafted number two overall with the Rams for a reason. He's got the potential. Uh, he showed it in 2018. 2019, he showed flashes but was struggling a little bit. I think that's typical of a young player, and I, and I expect him to be able to take a big, te- big step forward back to what he showed in 2018, this upcoming season. We're going to move on to the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC West. Another team, just like the Saints and the Packers. They had 13 wins in 2019, and now the over-under is set at 10.5. Um, I mean, they did trade DeForest Buckner for a first-round pick, but then they got Javon Kinlaw out of it. So, basically, I, I mean, we'll see if he's able to put together a season or a career like uh, Buckner has done so far, but you're not having to pay Buckner the 
millions and millions of dollars that the Colts are. Now you're getting a rookie contract out of Javon Kinlaw. They substitute Emmanuel Sanders for a first-round draft pick and Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State, who I like. Their only other big loss was Sheldon Day. Um, they did uh, – Joe Staley's gone now, um, but they traded for Trent Williams to solidify that left side of the offensive line. There really, to me, wasn't a huge change in this team. Um, you know, 13 wins in 2019 – Without a lot of changes, again, just like the Saints, I don't see any reason to expect that they get less than 10.5 wins. Yeah, it's kind of like the Saints. I don't think they got worse at any position. I mean, losing the fourth Buckner was big, but like you said, Javon Kimmel was going to be able to step up and do fine there. Uh, you know, their running back room, they have one of the best running back rooms in the NFL. Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jared McKinnon. Wide receiver, you know, I think wide receiver might be their only position of weakness. You know, Debo Samuel as their number one. I, I don't know if he can be a number one, but Brandon Ayuk should step up and be a, another great wide receiver for them. George Kittle, one of the best tight ends, if again, not if not the best tight end in the league. I think the only question I have is at cornerback, and that's with Emmanuel Mosley, who I think was a big liability for them last year. Um, you know, Richard Sherman is going to do his thing, and then they also have Kaylon Williams as another cornerback, so I wonder who's going to actually step up and be, and be that uh, number two. But they just have a super easy schedule, in my opinion, where I don't see – they have a sixth easy schedule, actually. I don't see where they're not going to be able to put up that many wins where they're going to hit the uh, under. So. Yeah, I, I do think Debo Samuel can be a number one receiver, especially with the versatility that he's shown. Um, yeah. I felt like every single time they gave him the ball on, a, on an end-around sweep, he got 15 to 20 yards on it. I, I don't know how NFL defenses still don't know how to, how to stop that. It's because their offense had so much misdirection, though. Yeah. Like, I remember I was watching the Panthers and the 49ers play. Literally, like they have, they'll have so many motions and guys just coming around. They're moving constantly where you have no idea like where the ball is going to go. And then Debo Samuel is just kind of that over-the-top guy where if they don't want to give it to a running back, they'll give it to him and he'll just go 30 yards with it. Um, yeah, Kyle Shanahan's a genius with his young offense. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do what? Throw for 3,700 yards and 25 <laughs> touchdowns. He's not going to put up crazy numbers, but he, I think he's serviceable as the quarterback. He's formidable as the quarterback. Um, I just don't think there's enough enough on schedule for them to hit the under. Yeah, I do like their receiving. Jalen Hurd, I think, is going to take a big step forward. I like Jawan Jennings out of Tennessee, the seventh-round pick. I think he's going to be able to, to step up. Dante Pettis had a good rookie season and a very disappointing sophomore season, so I think the, the talent is there for him to take a step forward as well. Yeah, Trent Taylor also there at the wide receiver yep. position. Um, Kendrick Bourne, I think, had a great season last year, uh, caught a ton of touchdowns. Um, George Kittle is the best tight end in the league. Yeah, and then they also lost Joe Staley in the, uh, the offseason, and then they just go right ahead and add Trent Williams. Which so is huge. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the – I'd feel bad for Washington that they lost him because he's probably the best left tackle in the league. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're not going to get worse in the offensive line. They should be able to protect Jimmy Garoppolo and move the ball on the ground, which is what they want to do anyways. So. And that secondary is a little scary. It definitely is their weakness. But it's the same secondary they had last season, and they were fine. So. Yeah. I can definitely see this one going over. The only thing is, I think that this team is going to draw comparisons to the Super Bowl or the NFC champion Rams that we just talked about from 2018. You know, a young quarterback, a, a team that had a great offense, didn't really lose anything in that offseason between 2018 and 2019, and then kind of flopped. Um, they went 9-7 and seven last year. So 
maybe the Niners repeat what the Rams did, but I think um, I, I, if I had to pick, I'm picking the over, and I, I think it's a pretty easy, easy over. All right, last team in the NFC, we've got the Seattle Seahawks. Their over-under is at nine wins. They had 11 in 2019. So in order for that under to hit, you're asking them to go eight and eight when they had 11 wins in 2019. What do you think, Jason? Uh, I like the over for the Seahawks. Um, I think it's because they have a strong offense, and I'm not a huge fan of their defense. But, you know, Russell Wilson is one of the most – he's probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league, super consistent. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. And then they also had Carlos Hyde are going to be three great running backs for them. And then they have great wide receivers in Lockett and Metcalf. Um, I actually like the addition of Philip Dorsett, too, for Russell Wilson. Uh, adding Greg Olson was a little weird to me, considering Will Bisley kind of was balling out before he got hurt. But I think it's because he gets hurt often that they added Greg Olson. Uh, you know, I, think, I also think that the offensive line is a big question for them. I don't see – I think that right side's a little weak. Um, but they should be fine. You know, that front that front sets, or I'm sorry, not front seven, that defensive line and edge position I'm not a huge fan of. I do like the Bruce Irving signing, and I like Jerron uh, Reed at defensive line, but outside of those two, I don't see anybody else really getting to the quarterback that much. Maybe Benson Mayowa, but Bobby Wagner, probably the best linebacker in the league now after Luke Keithley uh, left. Uh, Shaquille Griffin and Quentin Dunbar. Actually, I don't know what's happening with Quentin Dunbar, so... <laughs> But that position at corner could be a little weak, although they do have Trey Flowers. Um, you know, safety, I, I like safety. Quandre Diggs, Bradley McDougal, uh, no real questions there. I think it's really just with that defensive line position. Yeah, throughout Russell Wilson's career, the biggest issue with Seattle has been their offensive line. He never really had an above average or even average offensive line to help him. And... That was a weakness last season. And then in the offseason, they lost George Fant, they lost DJ Fluger, and they lost Jermaine Effetti. So their offensive line already sucked, and then they lost three of their guys. So I think that's going to be a huge issue. I do like that receiving core. Um, the running back position was very strong last year. Chris Carson, despite his fumbling issues, had a great season. And Rashad Penny, when healthy, did very well too. Defensively, I think they're... It, it, it's spotty. Um, we'll see if LJ Collier can come on as the, their first round pick from 2019, see if he can tap into that potential. You said you like Bruce Irvin. I mean, he's bouncing around from team to team for a reason. Um, I think he's just a, a filler. Uh, Jaron Reed, I think, has done decently well, but the rest of that defensive line I'm not a huge fan of. Bobby Wagner, I think, was arguably the best linebacker in the league when Keekley played. And K.J. Wright has done very well, too. But Jordan Brooks, I liked a, a few different linebackers at that uh, at that first-round pick instead of Jordan Brooks. But, you know, that's a guy they liked. We'll see uh, if he can be thrown into that starting defense right away. And that secondary, I'm not a big fan of. Um, you don't have any star players. None of these guys are worthy of being a number one corner between Shaquille Griffin really? and Dunbauer Trey Flores. I don't think he's no, I don't think he's a number one corner. I think he's a he's a starter. I think maybe a number two guy. Um, Quandre Diggs I think has done pretty well. Um, I I'm going with the under, which is crazy to think. Uh, Russell Wilson going eight and eight, but they did it um, two seasons ago. I think they went what was it seven and nine. Um, 
I can see it happening. I, I this O line is just horrible. I, I, Russell Wilson. If, if Russell's able to bring the, this team to the playoffs, then you have to consider him potentially. You, he, I think he's already a top three quarterback in the league right now. Um, but he's got to be in the conversation for the for the top in the league if he's able to somehow bring this team with the O line that that is in front of him right now to the playoffs. I will say the left side of the line is okay with Dwayne Brown and Mike Upati, but you know their center Joey Hunt, Damian Lewis, and Brandon Shell on that right side. I, I really don't like it at all. I think that's going to be the biggest issue is the right side. Yeah. Um, if you had to put all of your money on one to three of these. Picks, which ones would you uh, would you be putting all your? Money I think on? Saints over easily. Uh, didn't didn't lose that much, and I don't think they got worse at any position. I think they got better at a lot of positions actually, especially corner and wide receiver. I think the Saints are going to be probably one of the top Super Bowl picks this year, and I think they should be. I think I would put a ton of money on the Saints over. And I think I would also put, I mean, I'm just going to say it, I would put money in the Panthers over just because I watched <laughs> their games. But I actually think that they're going to be competitive enough to pull it out. And I think by the end of the year, um, their defense is going to be, I think their defense, their defense is going to get better. I think Matt Rules develops players quickly. As he, At Baylor, they went, I think, 2-14 and 14 his first year and improved like six or something games the next year. I think Matt Rule could quickly develop the rookies and the new guys in the defense. You know, they play Green Bay week 15 and New Orleans week 17. I mean, I could see them being at five or six games or so and needing another game to hit the over. And especially at uh, home against New Orleans week 17, the Saints resting Breeze and the Panthers winning that game possibly. And then for a third pick, I would probably take the Bears under. My number one pick would also be the Saints over. As you said, uh, it's kind of the the over-under they set is kind of disrespectful considering they didn't lose anything. 13 wins in 2019, and now they're projecting 10 wins in, in uh, 2020. Doesn't make sense to me. My next pick would probably be the Bears under. Um, I can see them starting off kind of kind of weak, especially uh, they, they have a very weak schedule at the beginning, so if they're dropping any of those games, they might start to look towards tanking. Um, there's a lot of incentive to tank this season, especially with a team that has um, no franchise quarterback because Mitch Trubisky is not a franchise quarterback. I like that Bears under. Even if uh, Trubisky or Nick Foles, even if they have a good season, I still think that, that under can hit. Um, third pick, I'm either going with the Vikings over or the Packers over. I think both of those hit. The Vikings are at nine wins. The Packers are at nine and a half, so I'm going to go with the Vikings because that's I don't see the Vikings going eight and eight. Worst case scenario, they push. They did lose a lot, but they also added a lot. I think that defense is going to be great. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to do well with the weapons he has. That running game is going to be outstanding. Maybe the best running back room in the league with Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and even Amir Abdullah getting a couple touches a game. I can see the Vikings winning ten games to eleven games and hitting that over. Uh, so that's it. Thank you for listening. Now we've got the, the best picks in the AFC, the best picks in the NFC. We'll see at the end of the season how many of these we each get correct. Um, maybe we put a wager on it. I'm done. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> and um, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully that uh, hopefully we pick the over for your favorite team. Uh, if not, let us know what you think. And um, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week.